Welcome to the Joe Watts podcast. I am Joe Vendramini from the University of Florida. And today our guest is Dr. Leandro Krupp. Dr. Krupp, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure, Professor Joe. Uh, Dr. Krupp, can you please introduce yourself and give us some background information about you? Yes, for sure. So here is Leandro Krupp uh, with his select sires. I graduate back in 2008, got my DVM uh, at Sao Paulo State University. And then I went to the US for my master's and PhD with Professor Mike Day, the Ohio State University. Uh, during that time, got close uh, to the Select Cyrus folks, uh, working on some progeny tests and uh, some experiments, some projects uh, with Time and AI. So we got pretty close had some ideas about improving the semen, semen quality uh, in Brazil, especially on the Angus breed. Uh, start talking about that, start uh, sending semen down to Brazil back in 2011 on special bulls. And then 2014, I got an invitation after I finished my PhD to continue that project uh, in Brazil with Select Sires. Then I moved back uh, to my hometown country, and here I am. And, and Dr. Group, the, the explosion of AI in Brazil is something fascinating beef cattle that I think it's unheard. And can you please share some of the numbers and uh, mainly focus on beef cattle uh, on the purebred and the commercial side? Can you please share some numbers uh, what is the volume over there? Yeah, let's do that. So the main reasons for why uh, AI is getting very and very popular in Brazil uh, is basically if you go back to the principles of breeding a cow by AI. So you have the chance to use the best bulls. Uh, you don't need to buy a bull in the market. Uh, you have the chance to breed more animals in the beginning of the breeding season. Uh, you gotta remember that we have a extremely high uh, dry season in Brazil. And most of the cows at the beginning of the breeding season are in anesters. So the only way to get those animals bred is by synchronizing their ovulation and breeding by AI. So uh, let's talk about the last two years. If you think about 2020, uh, Brazil uh, sold about 20 million units uh, of semen, that's dairy and beef. And if you think about the growth only in the last uh, 90 months, the first three uh, trimesters, so we have an increase of 27% of beef uh, semen sales. So we went from uh, about 11 million units of 2020 in the same period to end of September to almost 15 million units uh, by the end of uh, September 2021. So it is it's a huge increase. So we are thinking about a 25% um, increase on beef semen sales. That means 25% more 
cows being bred by the best bulls in the world. And if, if you think about the overall cattle herd, let's say the beast cattle herd, that will be about 180, 200 million, right? And, and then let's say the 80 million, between 80 million, 100 million cows. So you are saying that probably they are selling about 10% or even more, 15% of the number of cows that we have in Brazil. Now they are selling in semen, right? About 15 million, correct? Yes, Joe, it's, it's even more than that. Uh, we don't think our herd in Brazil, it's more than 160 million heads nowadays. Uh, and if you think about half of that are cows uh, or heifers ready to be bred, we're imagining something closer to 25% of all the available females being bred by AI, the beef females being bred by AI in Brazil. So we, we went from that 10, 12% five years ago to about 25% right now. So we doubled that uh, participation on those beef cows. It, it is improving fast and several reasons. Uh, we used to buy excellent bull, clean up bull for about, I would say $3,000 in an auction, uh, Nelor bull, our most popular breed. And nowadays, you won't buy for less than $5,000 uh, that same bull, uh, talking about its genomic values. So it is getting expensive to have a bull. And do you also think that it's because now with the increase in crossbreeding, it's very difficult to have like a European bull working on or more harsh environments and high temperatures and humidity. So do you think that is another reason why uh, the AI became very popular? That, that's for sure, Joe. In, in my mind, people don't like me saying that, but it's almost impossible to have a Angus bull performing uh, in most regions here in Brazil during the breeding season. So the only way you can do crossbreeding in these Nelor cows is by AI. No chance those bulls will perform in central and north of Brazil that you know uh, a lot about these regions. They, they won't go. And, but if you think about it, something new is happening. Uh, let me tell you that about three years ago, we used to breed more cows with Angus semen, a uh, little bit more, 10% more, uh, than Nelore. <laughs> However, if you look at these year's numbers, we are breeding much more cows with Nelore semen, Bosidic semen, than Angus. So I guess we didn't do a good job in the past uh, making our replacements. And now the producers realize the only way to have good replacements if you make them at home. Uh, good replacements are not the Brazilian market, Joe. Yeah, and, and that is, that's an interesting number. And it's also interesting that uh, a lot of the Angus that is used in Brazil, they pretty much uh, finish the males and females, right? There, there is very little F1s that become like mammacals. They, they all go to, to, to the slaughterhouse, correct? You're exactly right. They are terminals. Uh, about 
95% of the F1 uh, crossbreds are terminals, both females uh, and the male steers, they will be harvested. If you, if you look at the Brangles numbers here on Siemens sales, uh, it seems that 2021 we'll be selling about 400,000 units of Brangles semen. And most of that Brangles goes to F1, Angles and Bosinicus. Uh, so that's not much. That's not much. And we will sell more than 7 million units of Angus semen this year. Uh, so we can tell that we can say that we have about, about 2 million uh, F1 heifers available to be bred by AI. And that's not happening. We're breeding less than 10% of those. So those numbers make perfect sense. Yeah. And we start talking about the Angus breed, and it seems that is a natural uh, transition in the conversation because, as you said, it, they, it is the most popular breed to be crossbred with the Nelore. So when, when the Brazilian market want to buy uh, uh, semen from Angus, what they are looking for? What are the type of bulls and what, is the, what are the traits that are more popular in, in the AI market in Brazil? How people select the yeah, first of all, uh, the majority of the angles that we use in Brazil, uh, they come from the U.S. They're all American bulls. We still, we're doing some good work here on our angles genetics, but it's so far, far away from what you guys have in the U.S. available. And it's pretty easy to get that semen down here. Uh, several traits. Most of the producers, since their animals are terminal and the slaughter plants here don't pay a very good premium uh, on quality of their carcass. So growth, growth, we can summarize in, in two EPDs, uh, winning weight and earring weight. So you can see several top 1% bulls for those two uh, EPDs coming down here in Brazil uh, and selling a lot. More important than those two EPDs, fertility at time AI. That's the main uh, characteristic that people are looking for. Those bulls are gotta be good, gotta be fertile on our systems of time and AI. And then, uh, and in the markets, always changing and it changes fast. Uh, the best producers in the country looking for some other characteristics. They are anticipating what's probably going to happen in the near future, which is what you guys do in the U.S. very well, looking for marbling, looking for uh, rebuy area. Uh, but one difference that we don't care too much about Kevin Easy Joe. Uh, we use those animals on these Nelore heifers and cows, uh, and they are a little different. Uh, and we don't see any uh, problems at birth. So we can use some bulls that are not very popular in the US. Uh, they're bulls that are not Cavanese, and they will do very well down here. And this is uh, primarily for Nelore and Angus or, or also for other breeds? Um, the, the Kevin is a thing, it's more an Angus trait or 
for other breeds as well. No, if you think about using Nelore in Nelore, mm -hmm. uh, you be very, very careful uh, of that Cavanese in birth weight, uh, EPDs, and almost in all other breeds. But when you're doing that crossbreeding, that Angus that comes from the US, uh, most of them are Cavanese anyway. They are probably not Cavanese for your uh, parameters, but they are Cavanese. They were select the last 50 years. Uh, for that characteristic. And so that angles on the lower cows are not very important, uh, the Kevin is in trade, but all other breeds, uh, we look careful at, at that. And we start talking a little about um, the other traits such as the ribeye area and marbling. And uh, so uh, when I have the opportunity to visit with you and, and JBJ, the, the program that they have, and uh, can you please describe for us, because that's quite impressive to have that volume, right? Uh, and, and connecting the, the cow-calf producer to a feedlot. Can you please describe briefly the program for us? For, for sure. Uh, and it was a pleasure to have you here, Professor Joe, during that visit. That program is really something. So uh, all that beef, is going to the Swift Black uh, brand uh, made by uh, JBS. And the only way we can get animals that are half-blood angles with all the carcass quality that the market needs is to choose the producers that will be uh, selling those calves to the program, to choose the nutrition since they are born, to choose a very good uh, vaccination program and to choose the right bulls. That program used to have three quarters of Angus uh, blood uh, on the animals. But you know what happens with three quarters in Brazil. They, they won't perform very well. They won't uh, be great in terms of parasites, in terms of our weather which is, as you said, very hot and humid. So that problem was not doing well until we made a F1 Angus, half-blood Angus, half-blood Nelor uh, to replace those three quarters. Uh, the problem has grown uh, since you came here. Uh, this year, we're gonna be harvesting close to 68,000 uh, steers and heifers. For next year, we had uh, contracted 86,000 uh, heads. And for uh, 2023, we will reach the 100,000 heads in that program. So it's going very well. We have about 50 producers that will, will send calf to us between six and eight months of age. Uh, up between 500 and 600 pounds, they will stay on feed for about 180 days. And, and we'll be sent uh, to the slaughterhouse on a very vertical program. So we have control of the calves, we have control of the feedlot, and we have control uh, of the slaughter plant and how that beef is gonna be cut uh, to where that beef goes. We have a very good uh, 
a quality control program that goes overseas. We're sending a lot of that beef to China, England, uh, and some other countries. And the only way is to have good partners uh, to keep sending us the calves on the way we want, the way we need. And, and Leandro, please describe to us how those bulls that go in the program, like the number of bulls that you go in the program and, and how they, they probably differ from the general pool of bulls that you sell in the market, right? Perfect. So what the producer wants, how the producer is going to be paid for in pounds. So what he wants is bulls that are going to make calves uh, as heavier as possible at weaning. So what they're looking for, great EPDs for weaning weight. That's basically what our partners, uh, the people that produce those calves for us are looking for. What they are looking for, we want bulls with a large frame. It got to uh, grow fast. That is no background on this system. It goes straight from, from the cow to the feedlot. Uh, so we want a frame. Uh, we want earring weight. We want earring weight, those as heavy as possible. But what we really want, what the industry want, what the consumer wants is high marble, high marble. Uh, they want to go to the grocery store and see the fat uh, between the muscle. So we need high marbling bulls. They got to be top 1% for marbling. And we want a big ribeye area. So uh, it's easy to choose bulls to this program. They got to be fertile. The producers want high uh, pregnancy rates at time in AI. They gotta deliver black calves. <laughs> it sounds uh, funny, but we have some bulls that won't deliver fully black calves, and that's a problem for this program. Uh, it gotta be at minimum top five percent for winning weight, earning weight, marbling in ribeye area. That's basically uh, what you want. I can give you uh, some examples if you let me uh, on the select sires uh, catalog. You can find bulls like Abundance, uh, Garner Phoenix, uh, Garner Bulletproof, uh, Teamwork, uh, 44 Final Decision, uh, and, and several others, several, several others, especially from Gardner and 44 Farms. Those are the two places, there are two main sources of high growth in high marbling bulls, Gardner and 44 farms, Professor Joe. And, and to find those, Leandro, that will have growth and will have those carcass traits, they are probably selected bulls, right? Because it's not easy to, to put together all, all the top fives, right, in, in, in those, on those traits all together in one bull. It's not something that you find very easy. Exactly, Joe. Uh, we have been working with these bulls uh, forever. Uh, you will find one or two in every, uh, in all the others AI companies. However, in great numbers like ours, we have about 40 bulls with these traits. Uh, so that's why uh, JBJ and JBS uh, select, uh, select sires as their source of genetics 
because we have good ones and a lot of good ones. Uh, and Dr. Krupp, we are going towards the end of our conversation here. And I, I really would like to thank you for taking the time to visit with us again. And I am Joe Vendramini. Joe what? <laughs> <laughs>